What's up, guys? We are back. Power Through Podcast with me, Coach Keith. Sorry, yeah. And we are we're back here today with our word of the day, which is want. Yesterday, we were talking about clarity. And uh, we got into a bit about, you know, purpose. Sarge discovering his purpose is, is where we left off on that story. So we're going to follow up with his story. Um, so talking about want. What you want and why do you want it? These are some good questions to ask yourself. Any thoughts? Yeah, I was just looking at the definition of want. Mm. You know, the first one is uh, to have a desire to possess or do something or wish for. You ought or should or need to do something you want to believe. A lack of deficiency of something, so you're in want of progress or want of success mm-hmm. or promotion. Mm-hmm. So those, you know. Yeah. So um, those are some good questions to start out on anything you want to do. Uh, figuring out what it is you actually want. You know, we're, you know we're, we're trying to stay on topic as far as health and fitness goes um, and uh, being the best version of yourself. But um, when we're looking at health and fitness, uh, rather than just kind of following some fitness program or, you know, going and exercising because you know you're supposed to because that's what the doctor says to do and, you know, that's kind of the thing and... You know, you know, you're supposed to not be eating certain foods and there's these things out there of like, you know, recommendations on what it means to be healthy. And you could just kind of follow along with that, not really having anything in sight. But uh, if you if you don't have a goal, you don't have a destination, you end up somewhere else. And (laughs) so. Figuring out what you want is going to be really that first step. Thinking about it. Like, so why, in, in, in that question of why. Okay, so all right, I want to get healthy. Why do you want to get healthy? What, is that, what does that mean to you, getting healthy? What's the purpose of that? You want to get healthy because you want to be there long, long term for your family or somebody who depends on you. Um, do you want to get healthy because you just want to live a, you, you want to live a a longer life? And, um, you know, so those, I'm not going to start giving you all your whys. You could figure that out for yourself, but it starts out, what do you want? You know, and a couple examples would be like, oh, I want to, I want to be stronger. Well, why, why do you want to be stronger? Think about that. Um, I, I want to lose weight. Why? Well, because I, I want to look good in my bathing suit, uh, because I want to look in the mirror and not be like, Ugh, you know, and just be disgusted with myself. Um, you know, those are all internal things. I'm not saying. You- OK, sorry about that, guys. I think uh, I got cut off there. Um, so back to what we were talking about with with wanting, um, you know, and I'm not trying to say that. um 
you have to weigh a certain amount or look a, a certain way to feel good with yourself, that, that's an internal thing. That's a personal thing to you on, on what you want your body to look like, on, on how healthy you want to be, on how good you want to feel. That's, that's up to you. And, you know, but you are going to probably have a, a specific way that you want to look or you have a specific you have a certain amount of strength that you want to have for whatever reason so those are all things that you need to figure out for yourself what it is do you want and then why do you want that Hmm. you know uh like sarge what would you say is something you want with your fitness and health and why i want to be mobile i want to be able to tumble roll, pop up, sprint, maybe play tag with my grandkids. Um, so I think you went into the why yeah. uh, as far so, as being able to play with the grandkids. Is that the why? That's the why, that? but to be mobile, to be able to move. Um, you know, I had certain limitations still do, but I'm able to work through those limitations uh, based on what I'm doing now, um, my maintaining my physical fitness, pushing myself, falling off of the fitness regime, and then getting back into it. You know, right now, to be honest, I've fallen off counting my macros, barely keeping my calories counted for the day on a piece of paper. So, you know, you get back into that, you, it's kind of an ebb and flow with that, with that goal, right? You want to maintain it. You want to be healthy and mobile. That's my goal. The reason why is I want to be able to do things with my future, my grandkids, and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So there's a good example there. I mean, it, it, you know, some inspiration to help you figure out, like, what it is you really want and why do you want it. Um, and, yeah, so... So uh, when you're getting into your fitness journey or you're continuing on with your fitness journey, if you're in it now or you're trying to get back into it. Yeah. And you're thinking of like, let's say you're, let's say you're getting back into it. That would be a b- good place to start. You know, figuring out what you want, start envisioning what you want and why. Because that why is going to really help with your drive and it's going to help keep you pushing and going after it. If it's not a strong enough why then you're going to start finding excuses. It's not going to be so important. Things are going to start taking over um, priorities. You know, different different things will be a higher priority if it's not a strong why. So, uh, so that's going on. If you are plateauing, if you're in already been, you know, in a you know good exercise regimen and you're eating pretty well and you know, you're kind of like, feel like you're just kind of going through the motions. Another good time to start re-looking at what it is you really want. You know, you maybe need to start setting those goals a little higher. Maybe it's something as simple as adjusting your attitude towards your goal. Um, you know, I'm just going to say, I want to be able to do 100 burpees in a row. Just by saying the word burpees... And set someone's attitude into a dark negative place to where they won't even attempt or try the goal. So sometimes it's just a simple attitude adjustment. And we'll get into that. I had to go through that. Um, 
to make things clearer for you, to open up that, like what I said, the colonel illuminated my path home with his tough side of love and having that meeting six months later of being able to understand why he pushed me, why he supported me, why he helped me get through or showed me the way through suffering by going through suffering. And now, you know, again, this is where I keep saying, you know, where my passion to go home meets my purpose. And I'm not sure what my purpose is or if I even want a purpose at this point, you know. But everything's coming into place. So So let's let's pick up on the on where we left off with the story. And um you you wanted to pass that that test, right? The PT test. It was a pretty strong want and you mm-hmm. knew and, and the why behind it was you knew that like you, you needed to pass it so that you could be able to, to do to continue. Yeah. Just to continue to be an average soldier, a one who meets regs, just nothing special. Like I said, I didn't want to be a Chester Pooley or a or an Audie Murphy. I just wanted to be just do my job, go home to my family and get up the next morning and do it again, right? Mm-hmm. And um you um so you you end up passing the tests and you go into uh you go into the schooling School. to be able to be an instructor mm-hmm. and uh you found your purpose was to teach. Yeah. That's interesting, the purpose, you know, to teach. I was, and, what, and then, so yeah, what was going on at that point, and what were you wanting to do, and what was happening? The funny thing is, you know, I, my mind rejected being an instructor or a teacher. Or, actually, let me just say my attitude. Man, I'm a combo guy, medical, you know, I'm a grunt, I live in the dirt, I love it. You know, you want to grease me up with a, with a transport unit, the 88 micers. You know, but basically I'm a 25 uniform, 25 Charlie. Uh, well, later on, 25 uniform. But uh, then you got your 68 whiskey combo in there, which is a medic. And so you've got these things where you're doing things with your hands and your body. You're dragging litters. You're lifting people. You're doing things. You're firing weapons, driving trucks, doing these things. And now they want me to be a PowerPoint Nazi, you know, uh, and teaching basically materials at a, at a sixth to eighth grade level so that everybody can understand it. That was my attitude, and that was my ego and my arrogance. The funny thing is, you know, first couple of weeks, my attitude was horrible at that school. Just like, okay, just checking the box, whatever. And it was interesting. I was up one night before chapel on a Sunday. It was probably two, three in the morning. I have those nights where you can't sleep. I turn on this, the radio, and of course there's church services going on. And the interesting thing that this preacher said, you know, kind of woke me up. He says, you know, everybody's so busy loving to learn, right? They're loving to learn this, learn that, and when they don't like what they learned, they stop learning it. He goes, let's adjust your attitude. He goes, take away that loving to learn and learn how to love. And I'm like, oh boy, here we go. We're going to start hugging trees and touching toes, right? I'm like, nah. 
And he proceeded on. He goes, you know, it's not this agape, fuzzy feeling love. It's to find that love, to learn to love, right? Love what you're doing. See, my mind was absorbing all of this information naturally. When I had to get up and lead drilling ceremony or instruct, you know, PT sessions or even in the classroom giving these clinical, you know, learning how to teach. It was a natural flow for me, but my attitude was preventing me. I, my, my mind was saying, yes, 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 but my attitude was just rebelling and saying, I don't want this. This is not you. And once I heard that funny little church service, you know, with a Scottish accent, it kind of woke something up, you know, like, okay, I can find my joy, whether I'm mad, sad, or glad, right? I'm not happy because this is just temporary. Yeah, I'm stuck. I'm away from home, you know, nine weeks. Again, from my family. You know, I'm over here learning a new skill. You know, I'm tired of the waivers and the profiles. You know, I, I finally getting free of those for, for medical reasons, you know. Uh, tired of typing and being a clerk. I want to get out there in the field. I want to be out there with the warriors, my warriors. And I had to learn how to lead again by being an instructor. And it, it made me aware of there are so many skills and so many people that will support one soldier in the field. It takes about 25 other soldiers for everyone that's deployed to make sure they can do their job, they're fed, they're watered, they're clothed, they're trained. Training. You know, I want to be able to be old Sarhanna, badass on the block. Yep, I'm going to bark the order and I'm going to do it with you. Well, I can bark the orders, but I couldn't physically do a lot of things with you anymore. So there, I have that imposter. Why did you want that? That was the old Sarge. Why did you want the old Sarge back? Because he was taken away from me from bad circumstances, right? Uh-huh. Uh, you know, uh, my personality changed. I was angry, bitter, dark. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, I used humor to cover it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I didn't want that, but I kept holding on to it because my attitude. Mm-hmm. Once I had that, again, another f- switch flipped, right? Changed the attitude. Everything started flowing again. I wanted to learn to be an instructor. I wanted to teach these kids, you know, and I'm listening to some of these drills and these primary instructors that are teaching us ABID, you know, Army Basic Instruction and Drill School, you know, we're going through that and they're just saying, you know what, what you're doing is vital here. You're training them what to do when they don't know what to do, especially when bad things happen downrange. That was another zinger, right? When you say downrange, what do you mean by that? When you're deployed in a, in a war zone. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Just so everyone knows. Yeah. You know, okay, so so you're uh, so at this point in your life, we're around 2009 now, mm-hmm. right? You're you've got your you've got your cert- certification. Got my certification. You're you're traveling around now, Train going soldiers. from base to base because this is the time of the uh, what what we're, war? We're, both both wars were going on Afghanistan and Iraq. Okay, and so you're traveling around the states, going to different uh, bases and doing Armories, your training. bases, you just name it. Sometimes you know we had all the luxury of uh, of, of electronics, you know, projector, 
PowerPoint computers, and sometimes uh, we were out in the field teaching basically hands-on OJT, on-the-job training uh, at the same classes, and how to do it under tactical or under fire or under 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 stress. Okay. So things. And what's your what what's your physique like at this time? What's your what's your mental state? What's what's your normal routine? Okay. You know my normal routine. You know, get up. I was doing a lot of running. Uh, I started running. I don't know how I adjusted my attitude to that, but I was doing more running and getting my speeds, getting my strength. I was counting calories. You know, trying different concoctions and making my own pre-workouts and different vitamins and supplements and learning about them and learning about me at the same time. You know, what, what my body can take, what it can't, what my mind is willing to take and what it will rebel against. So I've got those, you know, in the morning, get up. It was natural. Have a cup of coffee, go for a run, come back. Do some calisthenics, worked on those push-ups and sit-ups daily. Then hit the gym, lift some weights, maybe a little yoga. You know, and I had a civilian job working in a law firm, going to a law firm back and forth to San Francisco and um, learned how to walk the hills in the city. So I'm getting better, right? physically better. And this is where the cloak and dagger comes in with my mind. My mind is saying you're more comfortable being numb. You're more comfortable being drunk. You're more comfortable being fed. Well, yeah. But the side effects of being drugged, drunk, and overfed were debilitating. So, yeah. I'm still smoking cigarettes. Probably more. More like a pack a day. When I'm on duty, it was more like two packs. I'm still maintaining this physical fitness. And of course, you know, I got the colonel calling me and other doctors telling me, hey, you need to stop smoking now. I go, you know, this is my last vice. I'll quit when I'm ready. And they're like, yeah, can you cut it down? Maybe. That was my attitude. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But at the same time, this is worth, you know, these are the ones that were getting in my face and get beyond the humor and says, you know, cut the shit, Hannah. This ain't a joking matter. I'm being serious with you. And I'm like, all right, all right. And then, of course, the twisted dark humor would come out. And the sarcasm. And the, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, I got you. Roger that, sir. Roger that, Colonel. Roger that, sir. I got you. Right? The whole time I was doing it just to check the boxes, but my attitude. Mm-hmm. Once that, like I said, once that switched, things changed. Majorly, you know? I wanted to be sober. When did that happen? I want to say about 2010, just woke up one morning, had that whiskey breath, that cigarette smell coming out of my pores, vomited, looked at the pills, I looked at the empty whiskey bottle, I don't like this. So that was the first day I went on a run without popping a couple of Viking ends and, you know, a couple shots of whiskey in the morning, you know? It was just that was my routine mm-hmm. with the coffee you know I'd pour the whiskey in the coffee and just chuck it down and then be nice and warm got that caffeine going biking and flowing and running and then you know of course I'd have a cigarette before and a couple afterwards don't know how I did it but I just did it because I wanted to be feel better mm-hmm. right? 
was not like this 12-step program I went through with the drugs and alcohol. That was actually what the prescriptions, I should say. That was actually pretty simple. I just, one day, like I said, I just woke up and I didn't want it. I'm just tired of feeling that way in the mornings, right? Mm-hmm. Head cloudy, can't see straight. All you're doing is reaching for the next drink and, and pill. Mm-hmm. Lighten up, right? So that kind of cured up once my attitude changed. <laughs> it was just... Your attitude changed of like, I don't want to live this lifestyle anymore. I don't want to be waking up, looking at this, feeling like this. Learning to love myself. Mm-hmm. Learning to love, right? Mm-hmm. Love the circumstances you are in, accept them, and then attack them slowly. You know, it just, sometimes it takes long periods of time for people just to flip that switch of attitude. And what helped flip that switch of attitude? You know, we talked about presence. Mm-hmm. You know, looking better, feeling better. You know, and just the way my wife loved me and my kids. Mm-hmm. It's you know, about three close friends, including the colonel, right? I didn't love myself, so I really couldn't love them. Mm-hmm. And if I couldn't love them or love myself and I wasn't taking care of myself, how could I take care of them? Mm-hmm. You know, and the, when my wife called me out on those, uh, those vows of ours, right? The ones I said before God, you know, made a covenant, a binding contract with her, you know, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it just, I wasn't loving them the way I should have, right? Mm-hmm. For a long time. And uh, once I started loving myself, I was able to love them. Then, you know, I found a new depth of love when my granddaughter was born, Addie. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I didn't think it was possible to love so deeply and find new depths. It, it just, it was just holding my future. Mm-hmm. Some of you heard me say this that I know close and friend on a friendship level, and some of you, you know, may understand this. You know, who are grandparents? Who are young grandparents? And uh, once, once I held that beautiful little girl, it was over. Right? I can't go back. How am I going to lead my future generations with my example? Did they want? An old crippled man sitting there sipping coffee and be bored at their house, or do they want someone who's gonna actually interact and be present for them? You know, singing the Barney songs, watching the Dora, you know, Blues Clues, what have you, rolling around with them on the carpet or in the backyard, taking them to the park and sliding down the slide. Those things, right? And I started thinking about what I could do. Mm-hmm. That potential, that want came alive even deeper. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really strong why. I feel like, and that's kind of what I was thinking about too, of like, um, you know, you, you had mentioned being in present time, and I think you getting a little more into present time um, helped you realize what you had. And then when you were more 
in present time, you realize what you had in that, like, I got to be there for them. I, you know, I, and just like you were saying, um, it, 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 I think really strengthened, like, why do I got to do this? It strengthened my soul. It strengthened my mind. And when your soul and your mind are strong, you know, I keep saying this, you know, if the mind is willing, the body will follow on little or nothing at all. And that's that want. That's that drive. That's my why. That's my drive. I want to witness my future. And uh, just as a side note, so everyone knows, um, probably most of you already know this, but when you're heavily drinking, taking a lot of medication, it takes you out of present time. And when you're taken out of present time, it's hard to see those things that are right in front of you that you have. Yeah. And um, it's so, so it's, a, it's a tough spot. We all understand how mm-hmm. difficult that spot is and to get out of it. But if you could have that strength to get out and clear clear your mind up a bit, get yourself in a present time, see what you actually have. See where you hear a lot of stuff about gratitude journals and writing out what you're grateful for. It helps you realize what you actually have yep. and could really maybe help rehabilitate your purpose and why you, you know, want to live. Yeah. Why, you know, what... You know, loving yourself, like you said, so that you could love the people around you better. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I think that's a good spot. We, we, we're, we're up to about 2010. You just found out, uh, you know, Sarge had just had a granddaughter in 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he, he decided he wanted to, you know, stop drinking or at least... You know, did you decide I want to stop, or you just wanted to cut it, cut it down a lot? Uh, I stopped. Decided I'm just done. I, I went um, probably three or four years without a drink. Okay. Um, and then you know, it wasn't like I was, like my body was craving it. It wasn't like that. It was not like, you know, oh, I'm a full blown alcoholic. I was, but it wasn't to that point. I don't know how to describe it, but my mind was so strong at that time. It was just getting stronger and stronger that I said enough yeah you know my body just followed it I I mean I just can't explain it mm-hmm. there was no 12 step program there was no rehab you know there was counseling of course for PTSD and some other stuff but you know that was it mm-hmm. yeah so uh, that yeah that was a lot of that was a lot of good uh, good takeaways today a lot of good stuff um I think that's a good spot to end off and we'll pick up from there on our next week when we go into our next episode find out like okay uh Sarge stops drinking he he has his first grandchild he starts loving himself more and starts to help him love the people around him more he's brings he's, me into present time he's been more and present place. time because a lot of times I'd be 10,000, 12,000 miles away. Because he's traveling all around, Mentally, training yeah. soldiers. Yeah, you know, traveling. 
Then, you know, then I always go back to March 15th. That was the day I was reborn, you know. Uh, that's, that's, that's my second birthday, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So we'll take it from there on the next episode. Straight up, man. Thanks for joining, everyone. Hey, join the conversation wherever you're listening to this. Yep. Uh, love to hear your comments. Uh, let us know your thoughts or any, any, anything that, um, any aha moments for you, anything that you've gone through similar to this that you could relate to. We'd love to hear, hear from you. Thank you very much. All right, let's send them out. Rope, tension, haul out. All right, see you guys. See ya. Ooh.